Have you ever imagined being the person people look upon or call when their life is in total chaos? Have you ever wondered what our West Virginia State Police Troopers have to go through just to wear that Smokey Bear campaign hat and uniform? Ever wonder why sometimes maybe that West Virginia State Police Trooper didn't seem very talkative or friendly? Have you ever thought that it couldn't that it couldn't be that hard to become a West Virginia State Police Trooper? Well, take a load off and lend me your ear because I'm about to answer your questions. When I was about 12 years old, our house had been burglarized. Now, this is one of about four times that my parents' house been burglarized in my life. My parents called the West Virginia State Police and two West Virginia State Police Troopers responded to our residence and started to investigate our crime. During the commission of our crime, uh, several of my audio cassette tapes have been stolen along with a bunch of other property from the house. The troopers had searched the perimeter of our property. Uh, I grew up on about 22 and a half acres over in the Buck Hill Road area of Berkeley County near Georgetown. Uh, the troopers had located an audio cassette tape holder at the perimeter of our property. And one of them requested that I ride in his cruiser down our road, Buck Hill Road in Berkeley County, West Virginia to see if I was able to identify the cassette holder. I hopped into the front, the shotgun seat of his cruiser. Man, I felt like a big shot riding there. We rode north on Buck Hill Road to the end of my parents' property. We exited the cruiser, and I copied him down into the woods while I observed what remained of my cassettes and a cassette tape holder. For a young mountain boy, this early meeting with two of West Virginia's finest left a lasting impression. I would never forget this encounter. This encounter planted the seeds of what would one day later in my life become an oak tree as a career as a West Virginia State Police Trooper. And my daddy never really cared much for law enforcement officers, but he liked and admired the West Virginia State Police. And he would always say, something bad must be going on because there goes the state boys and they only send them when it's really bad. Now sit back, grab a cold refreshment, and let let me tell you the story of what my life was like as a member of the premier West Virginia Law Enforcement Agency. I'm going to tell you what academy life was like at one of our nation's highest ranking, most difficult academies. At least it was at that time when I enlisted. This is a story of accomplishment, failure, tragedy, heartbreak, and dedication to a dream that many times nearly cost me everything, including my life. This is a true story, and only the names have been changed to protect the guilty and the innocent. I hope you want to. I hope you enjoy my life story. Now I know that my followers probably aren't here to hear how my life started in my early years, but I do want to touch on it a little bit because it lays the groundwork of how I ended up in the West Virginia State Police. Um, I do remember when I was about four years old, um, ended up falling down a flight of stairs, uh, landing on concrete, fracturing my skull, and died twice on the way to the hospital. Um, so that was my first brush with death, uh, first of many uh, throughout my life. But I will, I'll fast forward to elementary school. Uh, there was this one kid in elementary school named David Parkinson. He was just a bully. Uh, I think I first encountered him when I was probably in third or fourth grade. Um, and he was a 
high schooler. We didn't have a high school where we, or middle school where we went. So from seventh grade to twelfth grade, we went to Musselman High School. He was already over at Musselman, but he lived back in the valley, and he rode our school bus. And since he was probably, I don't know, uh, seven, eight, six, seven years, three, six, seven years older than me, uh, he was at least twice my size. I was just a little runt back in school, and he was a bully. And I had more than one run-in with that boy. Um, we ended up giving him a good whipping one day. He actually, actually started one fight. Uh, my daddy always told me, don't ever start a fight, uh, but defend yourself. So I remember him getting on the bus one day, and uh, he had uh, went past my young cousin, uh, girl cousin of mine. She was a couple years younger than me, and uh, he walked past her. And he slapped her in the head, I believe is what it was, when he went past her on the bus. She was up front. When she came, but when he came back the alleyway of the bus, I tripped him. I stuck my foot out, and he hit his face right in the middle of the aisle. And boy, it was on from that point after that. Uh, he, uh, boy, couldn't fight. All he could do was pull hair and scratch you. But he ended up getting me down in the back seat of the bus. And he was on top of me, on my back, and he was pulling my hair. And I mean, he was just yanking as hard as he could. And one of my other cousins ended up hitting him in the back with a book bag, distracting him long enough for me to get out. And then I was able to get the upper hand on him. We had a bus driver that always liked to watch the activities between the students. And while he didn't encourage fighting, he wasn't stopping either until it got to a pretty bad point. So we ended up getting on flights on that bus, sometimes on a weekly basis, sometimes every couple of days in a, a couple of days in a row. Uh, he was just one of the many bullies, the first bully that I can ever remember dealing with. And later on in life, he uh, became a criminal. Uh, ended up dying in a pursuit with law enforcement in Berkeley County down in a little little area or town called Shanghai. He was fleeing from the police, ran a stop sign, hit a pole, and got killed. Um, so, the old saying, live by the sword and die by the sword, it doesn't surprise me that that's how that boy's life ended. Not one bit. I don't guess really my life was that exciting until I got a little older. Uh, went to school, spent my summers Working in the gardens, playing in the woods, doing a lot of different stuff. We had about four three or four gardens when I was growing up as a kid, and that took up the majority of our summer. We did get to spend some time out playing in the woods, though. Of course, wintertime was always time for hunting uh, and also butchering. So I guess probably the next biggest thing that ever happened in my life was, I guess, when I was about 18, um... I first met my now wife, well, one and only wife, Tanya Sensendiver, who's now Tanya Mason. Um, she is the younger sister of uh, one of my good friends, Todd. And uh, it was, I don't pretty much, I guess, love at first sight, but uh, we ended up getting married. Uh, I was 22, she was 18. Uh, we had our first son, Ronald Jr. 
not long after we married. We moved uh, into an apartment. I guess it would have been in about 92 in Martinsburg. It was just me, her, and RJ for the first year of our marriage. In 93, we had moved to a trailer, uh, a small trailer park over in Pikeside, another part of Berkeley County. And the only reason I really mentioned that was it had another part to do with my becoming a West Virginia State Trooper. I've always been the type of person that if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. I'll find a way to do it, but I'm going to do it. And that's kind of how this story uh, all unfolds. We moved over to the trailer, like I said, in 93. It was a little small four-trailer trailer park. The landlord, uh, whose son lived in a garage, second-floor apartment of a garage that the son uh, operated, which was at the end of our trailer, was a drug dealer uh, and a criminal. Then there was another trail, another house behind our trailer that we were pretty sure was also a drug house. And that's uh, basically one of the things that led me into law enforcement, another one of the areas that led me into law enforcement. We had to call the police on the people in that house. Uh, I can't remember if it was uh, during the week or the weekend, but they were always blasting their music. We had, of course, a young uh, son. At that time, I think Travis, our middle son, had come along. So he was just a baby. And, of course, those trailers are pretty thin, so they're not very soundproof. So we had to call the police on the house behind us because they were playing loud music, and we were pretty sure they were dealing drugs because we could see the cars pull up there, exchange of money and something uh, from the people that live there, and then the car would leave shortly thereafter. So we called, and a sheriff's deputy came out from the local sheriff's department, and he stopped, and he explained to us, hey, you know, there's no law against loud music. However, we told him about the suspected drugs going on, drug dealing. And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll go over there and I'll ask him to turn it down. Of course, unbeknownst to the deputy, we could see the house from our back bedroom. Um, so, I guess he didn't know we'd be watching. So when he left there, he pulled out on Route 11 and drove right past the house and never stopped. Never got out of the car, never stopped and said, hey, can you please turn the music down like he promised us he would. He never stopped at all. So that infuriated me and that made me think, you know what? I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be scared being a police officer. I wouldn't be worried but I could do a better job than that. I would have at least went and knocked on the damn door, which he didn't. And quite honestly, he let us down. But that's all right because it made me go into a different line of thinking and it led me down a different path in life.